Welcome to That's Deep with Eden and Jess. We are reflecting on episode 15 with Mary Myers. My granny. Yes. Yeah, Grandma Mary. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was really cool was um, just seeing just seeing your dynamic, um, the connection that you have with your grandma and um, and then also how much family is so important to her and I see that um, with you as well yeah what was the dynamic that you observed um it was just really there was a relaxed it just felt really relaxed, like that you two, um, I don't know, had, just especially as she started talking, like I could start to see a little bit of where you come from with um, curiosity was a big one, mm -hmm. um, with Caring about community was a big one, and um, and then not wanting to tell people what to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I think about people that I love and admire and respect, uh, of, of people that I've interacted with in my life, uh, grandma is at the top of that list, and has been since I was a kid. Mm. So our relationship has grown and evolved, but always I've had a respect, mm. admiration for who she is and how she treats people, uh, how she carries on. So I think that that's what you described there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we got into it a little bit. I kind of put her on a pedestal uh, and mm -hmm. she said, I'm just doing me mm -hmm. and I'm not going to tell others how to live their life. Yeah. Uh, even when I asked a couple of times about advice or sharing wisdom, she said that, you know, yeah. find it as an individual. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's how I saw her and continue to see her parent and grandparent mm -hmm. be a friend and maintain relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, I love you and respect you. I love you unconditionally. I'll support you. Mm -hmm. You'll make mistakes. We make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I'll still be there. Mm -hmm. and I love you as an individual yeah. uh, and be yourself, mm -hmm. find yourself. Yeah. I think that came out towards the end yeah. of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And in there, also talking about taking responsibility, right? Like, I can't take responsibility for your. I can be there and support, but I can't take responsibility for your mistakes for you. Oh. You have to own that. Yeah. The generational aspect to it mm -hmm. is also uh, fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, so my grandma turns 90 this yeah. year. Yeah. My mom is close to 70. I'm 40. Mm -hmm. My kids are there. They're so just kind of having those relationships, yeah. uh, being able to have a deep conversation mm -hmm. uh, with someone with that experience, 
Uh, but then has also seen me and been with me since I've grown, since mm -hmm. I was a kid. I've seen her at a certain point too, watching her yeah. go through different life stages. Uh, but we can sit down and talk about that. Mm -hmm. And she can share some of that. Uh, that's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. uh, the ability to be able to do that. The, the privilege that I have to sit down and talk to someone with that life experience and that length of relationship. Mm -hmm. And who has a, a mindset for keeping going. Yeah. Right. Like one of the first things that she said was that she's excited for her 90th birthday, which I don't think that you see or hear a lot. Um, she talked about people in their 70s or she went to your doctor, right? And yeah. people in their 70s being ready to go and she's excited to be 90. Yeah, so- That's I a mindset just, thing. Yeah. That's a mindset yeah. thing and she believes it and models it. Yes, um, yeah. I'm, would it be shocked if we have grandma on for her 100th birthday, yeah. right? She's not done yet. Yeah. Uh, it's very, yeah, in so her, in her let's energy. Let's plan on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The curiosity piece, I thought also that you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, wanting to learn more, mm -hmm. asking questions, reading, a thirst for knowledge, yeah. and understanding that there's more things out there. Mm -hmm. uh, she talked a little bit about uh, kind of small town upbringing, mm -hmm. growing up on a farm yeah. in a small town in Missouri, and, and wanting to experience more and different, what else is out there, yeah. and then go live your life and find it find what makes you happy and i think then once you get to a certain age too there's a lot of stuff to hold right um so she's not entirely comfortable talking about herself a lot a very mm -hmm. humble woman mm -hmm. um, and also not talking about other people's stuff mm -hmm. um, when you're at that age with that family structure and unit and the, that many people around um you have to maintain those individual relationships, mm -hmm. um, but maybe not share everybody else's stuff. Yeah. And as you age and progress and you have life experiences, that gets harder to do. Mm -hmm. She does a, a great job of that, kind of supporting the individual, trying to help people figure out their own stuff. Mm -hmm helping others figure out their stuff as well. So I think that's that becomes challenging uh, in terms of what you want to talk about, uh, what you want to say, how much you have to say. Mm -hmm. If you're living those principles at that age. Mm -hmm. She has a positive mindset. So I saw her keeping things positive, yep. right? There's some things that she's, you know, she she, um, she mentioned something about books, mm -hmm. right? Like um, not wanting, not believing in banning books or something, mm -hmm. something like that, right? Like that's something that's been around <laughs> for a bit and out there and, and um, but then always coming back to, oh, and mentioning um, 
stuff happening with the Ukraine and things like that. But that sense of gratitude, being grateful for where she's at, what she has, mm -hmm. being sort of the catalyst to, to keeping a positive outlook on life. Yep. Uh, I got to spend a week in Florida with her as well. Mm -hmm. So this this podcast as part of an experience of being with. So I'm still feeling and reflecting on all of that. We mm -hmm. got to go to a couple baseball games. Uh, we thought yeah. uh, saw a few sunsets on the beach together. Mm -hmm. uh, she got to connect with Paxton and Quincy for a good amount of time. Um, so that shines through as well as I think about family and my relationship with my family. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool getting to getting to meet her and know her and hear her talk about her life experiences. And um, I look forward to um, chasing alligators with her sometime. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love you, Grandma. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much, Mary. Welcome to That's Deep with Eden and Jess. Uh, today we have a special guest uh, on location here in Florida uh, on a family vacation in spring break. Uh, and we are talking to my grandma, um, Mary Myers. Howdy. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on, Granny. Yes, sure. Thank you so much. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. You have a lot of wisdom to share with our audience. <laughs> uh, I just kind of want to make this episode about you and your life experience um, because you have been so influential to so many people, uh, including myself. People describe you as generous and fun-loving and thoughtful and quirky, uh, the opposite of serious. When I think about you, I think about you as humble and helpful and service-minded. And I want to get into kind of some of that. Uh, but let's start with just kind of a uh, broad question about who you are and where you're at today. Well, today I'm in Florida where I want to be. I've been here 23 years plus. Came from Chicago, where it was cold, and of course the windy city, but I loved it there. I was born, raised in Missouri, in a little bitty town that I couldn't wait to get out of. So that was a good happening. It was good while it lasted, and we still have friends, few, few relatives, and some property there. So we go back at least once a year. We being my brother and I, mm. it's fun. It's fun to go back, but uh, as far as me, um, I'm looking forward to my birthday this summer, and I'll be ninety, so I'm only eighty-nine. <laughs> so, awesome. Um, making the most of everything. Yeah. A young, a young ninety. Try to be. I've seen old 90s, and I don't want to be that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. In fact, my cardiologist said, like, when he was talking to me, he said, I have people who come in here in their 70s, and they say, oh, I'm ready to go. And I said, I'm ready to go, too. 
I want to go to Thailand. So he got all excited and he said, you know, you're a freak. <laughs> so you're dealing with a freak. Perfect. That's kind of your mindset, though, is you still have stuff to do, right? You oh, still yeah. stay active and um, keep the mind active and keep the body active. And you're not ready for, you don't want a retirement home and you don't want to be around oh, no. people that are, no. yeah. I've spent a lot of time in retirement homes with parents and friends and watching them deteriorate. And I say the old people's home is where you go and that's what happens. You get old. So I'm not going. So what is it? What, what keeps you going? Like what keeps your mind inspired? What keeps your body going? What do you do to um, stay in that sort of mindset? Well, first of all, you have to be curious about things. Mm. You have to be interested in finding out something new and trying something new. And maybe not going beyond your limit. Sometimes I get a little goofy and get carried away. But uh, it's worth a try. Can you describe a time that maybe you kind of went beyond your limits or? No, but other people might find a time when they thought I did. Like last oh, year ago, okay. I walked into the side of my kayak and took the skin off my shin. So my family bandaged me up <laughs> tightly and we went on our way and kayaked for three hours and saw probably a dozen manatees and so uh they wanted to take me home but i wouldn't let them so you know Good don't, for give you. <laughs> don't give up right yeah uh where do you get your energy from granny what brings you energy i think staying active and a halfway decent diet I don't drink soda pop. Mm. I drink a PBR. Yeah, PBR is the secret name. Could be. <laughs> Do I get a little residual from them? Yeah. Um, I don't eat a lot of meat, especially red meat. I eat a lot of vegetables. Try not to eat too much. I don't like sweets, possibly. and uh, mm -hmm. So diet has a lot to do. With it. So that's where I get my energy, I mm -hmm. guess you would say. And then I mm -hmm. try to do something active every day. You maintain a strong social network. Social connection is important to you from what I observe. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I have friends, of course, like anyone else. I don't think I have a huge amount of friends, but I think the quality is more important than the quantity. And so I try to keep in touch with those people, and especially a lot of them now are older than me. That's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> or in need, and so I try to call them, you know, weekly and check up on them and uh, keep in touch. We had a book club that kept together for almost 20 years, and uh, only two of us are on two feet right now. But... Uh, Go with the flow. Yeah. 
you read regularly, you read the newspaper, uh, yeah. you do crossword puzzles, Sudoku, yeah. uh, right? Keep the mind busy. Right. Yeah. Right, right. I like to read. I like to read. Nonfiction is my favorite right now. Uh, took me a while to discover that. <clears throat> like history. Uh, U.S. history. Right now, reading a really good book, and I can't give you the exact name of it. It's uh, <clears throat> about Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. And written by a really good author, and if I had remembered it, I would have told you. Things mm -hmm. like that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I recently saw a play, a two-person play about Frederick Douglass and uh, Susan B. Anthony. They were great friends. We have a lot of local talent here in St. Petersburg in the area, so... Um, there's always plays, museums, and things that keep your mind going, and lots of music events that I'm very interested mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. I can't sing or play or do anything musically, but uh, family members do, and so that's kept me interested in music. Yeah. So, that's it. Paxton and I were doing some math in the pool this morning. If you're 89 and turning 90 and it's 2023, our math suggested that you were born in 1933. And that's it. How'd we do? You did really well. Yeah. Yeah. Jeans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what was life like? Take us back a few years to the 30s and 40s and growing up a fish in Missouri. Well, that's, that's easy to do. Of course, the 30s, I don't remember that much. Uh, I can remember a few things, and I definitely remember the house that we lived in. Uh, my dad had a grocery store restaurant combined in one building on the square in this town, and there were stores all around the square. And at the time, at one time, there were probably eight or nine grocery stores on this square which is unheard of today. But uh, we grew up about a block away from the square and uh, spent a lot of time in his store. He was very well-respected businessman there. And I had written an article about the, for the paper about the life in that little town. Mm. I could read to you if you really wanted to know more about it. Um, but we were always, I have a brother, that, that was us, the four of us. We had a pony that was mean and kicked us. We had, <laughs> we had a little sheep that was mean and butted us. We had a dog and a cat. Um, how were how was the dog and cat's behavior? Were they better behaved than that? I don't remember, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not really a dog person. Probably get kicked off TV for some <laughs> <laughs> No, we we accept all. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, growing up, I can remember um, right when I started school, we didn't have kindergarten. And I can remember going to school, and it was a, a big building. All the grades in the, in the yeah, high school was in one, one building. And for some reason, I was sent to go there and opened the door by myself and I couldn't get it open. It was so big. So I turned around and went home. So that was the start of my education. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I, I did complain. I can't get in, so I'm out. <laughs> How did that day play out? Did you did your parents Oh they probably took me back? Yeah. Yeah. I, I never got hit by my parents. They never never switched me, although my mom would carry a butter paddle and threaten us. But I don't think she ever used it. Yeah. Well, I know she never mm. But yeah, yeah, I finished school there. Uh, growing up in the small town is probably a good way to grow up. So uh, it was, I can read yeah. you a few little articles. Yeah, read us a little lecture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From the mid 40s to the 50s, the, my town's name was Cahoka, Cahoka, Missouri, in the northeast corner of Missouri. 20 miles south of the Iowa border and 20 miles east of the Illinois border, if you can picture that, right in the corner. So I said from the mid-40s to the 50s, the Cahoka Square could have been the first Saturday night live. On a warm Saturday evening, townspeople and farmers, who often used a team of horses in a wagon, gathered there for an evening of social activity, weekly grocery shopping, and a double feature mu uh, movie at the Cozy Theater. Or the high school band would be tooting away in the park, and the benches on the north side of the bandstand would be filled with families who had not yet been exposed to future media. And finding a parking place on the square was a ritual that often meant arriving very early so a prime spot could be found. And one of those spots was on the east side near the grocery and cafe owned by my parents, Joe and Marine Fish. Then the grandmas could sit in their car while keeping an eye on all the strollers and the shoppers. And I can remember people would walk around the square constantly, just walking, you know, visiting and looking in store windows and eating or whatever. That was the place to be. It was the place to be. Yeah. That was entertainment. Yeah. People looked forward to it. So they would come in my dad's store. Uh, there was a popcorn machine right outside, outside the front door, and my brother and I operated it and sold popcorn for a nickel a bag. And the <laughs> kids would go to the movie theater. Couldn't get popcorn in the movie in those days. We had the monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and Dad owned this store until 1956, and then they decided to move out of town uh, in a little farmhouse and do some farming. And that was, it was hard work, even for us kids. I can remember putting hay in the hay mow, standing there in mow, if you know anything about farming, mowing the hay back when it's 90 degrees outside. Shaft is falling down your body and you itch and mm -hmm. one of the worst jobs in the world. But we yeah. did it because we had to do it. That's where some of the work ethic comes from, Granny. It's just you did it because that was what was expected and yeah, you were you, part of the family and you wanted to help. You didn't know any you didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, you did it and you really didn't complain about it. Uh we of course had no air conditioning. Uh I guess you would say we were quite primitive. We had a phone on the wall that you had to, and Central would answer, and you'd give her the number that you wanted. Yeah. And we were on a party line, so somebody else might be listening in. In fact, there was one lady that always listened in. We knew she was there, and sometimes one day somebody said to her, 
maybe, maybe. We know you're in there. We know you're on the phone. She says, I am not. I am not. <laughs> she outed herself, it sounds like. Yeah, just because that was, she just wanted to hear what was going on. That was yeah, entertainment yeah, for her. She was, yeah, she was kind of a strange duck. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was fun. So, uh, so we farmed for a while, and then uh, it was hard work, and Dad decided, I think he missed being around people because he was definitely a people person. Everybody in town knew him. So he went back to town and bought a pool hall and turned it into a family recreation center, I guess you would mm. call it today. Mm. So we had pool tables there, card tables in the back. And mom had a little lunch counter in the front and she would make uh, made brides. I don't know if you know what they mm. are. You don't mm. know what they are. Sloppy Joes. Okay. okay. And lemonade shakes, which you probably don't know about either. That's, they sound good. They're very good. Yeah. Very good. So she did that. And so uh, everybody would come in and just have a good old time sitting around, either guys in the back playing euchre or whatever, usually euchre. But the pool tables were for everybody. And I belonged to a group called the Rainbow Girls, which was a Masonic organization, Eastern Star and... and uh, and you had to wear your formals when we had a big meeting. So we would go into and play pool in our formals, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> it was fun. So uh, that was that was really good thing. Um, How old were you then when it went from farm to pool hall? I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. When we moved to the farm, I was still in grade school, probably seventh grade. And there was a country school right across the street for or a road, it wasn't a street, right across the road from our little house. And I should have gone there, but dad had enough connections in town that we could get on the school bus and ride the school bus, even though we weren't technically in that district. So we rode the school mm -hmm. bus all the way through mm -hmm. high school. We started to drive. I guess we probably had a car somewhere along the line. And uh, high school was okay. We played basketball. That was a big thing. I did quite well in my studies, even though I, I don't know why I didn't really care for it, but I was a valedictorian of the class and was on the basketball team, and we were really pretty good. Back in those days, girls' basketball was popular, but we only could play half court hmm. because it was too taxing on us, poor little females. But in <laughs> Iowa, Iowa was a big basketball hubbub, so they, they played full court, so we were jealous of that. Hmm. But anyway, that, that was our main outlet as far as entertainment, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. We had the movie theater. And just being outside, mom and dad always wanted us to be outside, even when they, yeah. you know, get off work or close the store, we'd pack up a picnic and go to the creek and go fishing. And uh, that was part of life. And then we had a place at the farm that they fixed up with a square dance, big cement square where people could square dance and people would come out there and dance. and bring their food and have a good time, fish, and so it 
it was an outdoor life. A lot mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Most of it, I would say, was outdoor. Mm -hmm. So, so you talked about um, that small town life, good, good place to grow up. But then you you had started off in in our conversation saying that you couldn't wait to get out of there. So talk about that a little bit. Like, well, what what did you not like about it? What what made it's you want not to? Leave? I didn't like it. I just thought there's more stuff someplace else, ah, better yeah. stuff, better things to see. You know, I, I uh, when we were seniors, we did a, what they called a field trip or a senior trip, and we got on the train and went up to Chicago for a day. You know, and I saw, oh, there's there's life outside this little town, mm -hmm. and so that was one of the things, but I think I always wanted to travel. So I did. I did. Uh, as far as my dad then uh, and, and mom, it was uh, a good life for them. They finally retired, but they did a lot of things. Uh, they took up dancing in their 70s. They took ballroom dancing. And so I, you know, I had a, I had models in my life. Yeah. You know, always doing things and uh, one of my favorite stories is when dad passed away all of us went to the funeral we were the big family gathered there and half the more than half the town and we had to stay overnight in a hotel a motel and when I went to pay the lady for our stay there she said I'm not taking any money and I said well that's impossible you have to let us pay and he said no she said, no, when I was uh, a kid, I'm not sure how old she was, probably 12, 13, maybe even younger, we would go, all the kids would go into your dad's store after going to the movie. And I only had a dime. And the other kids had two dimes. And they could get pop and ice cream. But my dad always gave her the extra. Mm. So I started bawling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she remembered it, and she, yeah, and it was meaningful to her, and how meaningful that is for a kid that, that the other kids have it, and she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he so, was that way. Yeah. Uh, after they closed the store and he passed away, there was a little box, and it was just full of index cards with people who had bought things or taken things from his store. He had given them to them and wrote down their name and they would come in and pay him maybe a quarter a week or whatever they could mm -hmm. a dollar when they mm -hmm. got paid. Mm -hmm. And there were still several still in there, but he never, I remember one other lady saying that uh, we'd always go there to buy our shoes for school. And he always let us have them. Even if we, if mom couldn't afford them, mm -hmm. you know, he always did that. So, um. Yeah. Helping out the community, it sounds like. Yeah. Less yeah. about less about running a business and yeah, making a was, bunch of money and more about the relationships. Yeah. Is that fair? It, yeah. 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 It was it just the way of life too. I mean, he wasn't the only one in town who did that. I think you'll find that in most small small towns and you see it today with all the tragedies of tornadoes and everything. They say, you know, we're here together, we're help, helping each other and Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's, it is. So, yes, there's a lot to say for a small town. But I was just too curious to stay there. There was mm -hmm. more. There was different. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. What you talked a little bit about it. What about the influence of both the small town upbringing and the influence of your parents and how you were raised and how, well, what you took was, with you? Yeah, I think yeah. it was extremely, extremely important. Uh, one thing, growing up on a farm and doing things, I could do a lot of things that other kids had never even heard of. You know, in the city, you know, I could. Well, I hate to say this, but we could grab a chicken and take it over the chopping block and chop off its head and pick the feathers off and mom and fry it for supper. Now, how many city kids do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, a small example of, of things like that. And growing up, doing things on the farm, growing your own vegetables and uh, independence. My brother and I would take off for the day during the summer, and mom and dad would. We had a dinner bell, and the mom would ring the dinner bell when it's time to eat. Otherwise, we were gone. Often, our farm had woods and creeks, and we'd find our own adventure. You ever butcher a chicken, Jess? I haven't, but I've. My own grandma lived on a farm, <laughs> and yes. So I've heard stories of um, chickens running around with their heads cut off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not a nice thing to do, but after all, it's a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you were valedictorian at high school. What was post high school? What happened there? I went to college at a close by college. I would have preferred to go on to a more adventurous one far away but yeah. uh it was there and uh and it was fun so i went a couple of years there and that's where i met my husband and he was from chicago so then uh we got married and i dropped out of school because so i really didn't want to go to college i i was tired of studying yeah and what so did you originally go for i had no idea Oh, okay. I liked science, and I was good at that. And uh, if they had had a marine biology course like they do mm -hmm. now, that's what I would mm -hmm. have been, mm -hmm. probably. So, women going to college then was becoming normal, becoming more popular, or it was still you were still it kind was, of on the leading edge. Of that. No, it was yeah. no, you you went, but you only graduated doing three things. You were either a nurse or a teacher or went into business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your choices were, and that's probably why I didn't like it. What else? Was, you know, I didn't want to be a teacher. Everybody, oh, you'll be a wonderful teacher. I don't want to do that. I'll let Jasmine do that. Yeah. Right. She's a wonderful teacher. Your mom was a teacher for a while? She was. Yeah. Yeah, in a one-room school. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't graduate college. You didn't have to in those days. Mm -hmm. You got a teacher's certificate. I think she did go to college, maybe. Yeah. Dad never, I'm not sure Dad ever finished high school. He was in a large family. Uh, he had stepbrothers and sister. That his father raised two, had two families. So, uh, they all worked. They were all farmers and worked. So anyway, that was that was that story. Yeah. 
So you married you married Grandpa, and you moved um, to a suburb outside of Chicago. Well, before that, uh, he was um, drafted into the army because it was the end, almost the end of the Korean War, and almost every guy that graduated from college, and he did graduate, uh, went into the service. He didn't have a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, it was the end of the war, but and he was stationed out in uh, Washington, Fort Lewis, Washington, and I was able to go with him. Mm. So we spent some time out there. That's where your mom was born. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. Uh, and he was going to be a school teacher, but. He never really got to, ch- he did sign a contract before he was drafted, but of course he couldn't follow through on teaching and coaching. So we went back to Chicago after he got out of the army and uh, he became a salesman and I became a mom and a mom and a mom and a mom. Yeah. Four. <laughs> Four little brats. They're all, they're, they're all a little bratty. Is that true? No. Yeah. No. All kids, no problems with any of them. Very nice kids, nice families, everything was good. So we lived there uh, in the same house for 41 years. Kids went to high school there. And that was it until we moved to Florida. Yeah, we loved that house growing up as a grandchild to come mm-hmm. to visit grandma. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot, Grandma and grandpa, a lot of good memories in that house. Um, the airplane bed, it was a big city for us, right? It was driving through Chicago in a big city and felt like a long road trip. Right. Um, we call it the airplane bed because we were about six miles from O'Hare, but we were in the flight path. So when they come in to land, they come right over the boys' bed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So that was that was fun, yeah. What was life like in River Grove as uh, having a young family? Well, I didn't experience too much outside of the family. Yeah, you know, yeah. Going to school, working with the kids, and PTA and band boosters, and uh, just keeping track of them. Yeah. And cooking and this and that, and finally when. Uh, the youngest, Bill, was old enough to go to school. I think he was in maybe fifth grade, and I got a part-time job. But other than that, I was a stay-home mom. Mm-hmm. And most of my friends were, too. At that time, moms didn't work. Everybody stayed home and raised their kids. And we were with a group, my husband's friends, uh, and all of them had at least four children. Some had six or seven. So that kept us busy. And going to their baseball games, keeping them out of trouble, yeah. which they pretty much did. Yeah. So that it was, it was a good life, but I can't say it was exciting as far as doing anything differently Mm -hmm. we all did the same thing and we all had fun Mm -hmm. it was a small town you could go uh, out of the play baseball in the corner of the street kids enjoyed it so we survived that then they all moved away and 
youngest one moved to Florida and we decided that might be a good thing to do. So as soon as we were old enough to retire, came down here. But I worked for a while. I was a travel agent for 20 years. So that took care of some of my wanting to experience something different. You were a good travel agent. You and, and during that time when a travel agent was still a thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that you relied on that and it wasn't all online or book your own stuff. Oh, right? nothing, it was different. Nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, we When we made a reservation for somebody, we had to use a book called the OAG. And all of the flights were in this book, the big telephone book, tiny, tiny print. It's when I had to get glasses. <laughs> and you would you would find a flight in there and you would call the airline and tell them that you wanted to book that flight for this client they would give you an okay and you had to write okay down there and their name and then there was a paper ticket and you had to fill out the ticket by hand validate it and and that was what they traveled with yeah, and then you had to get you, back and to they the had to have the ticket yeah. Yeah. Had to have the ticket so it was, uh, I learned a lot. There were no computers when I first started. Right. It was all done by hand. So that sounds like the old days. Yeah, that well, sounds a little bit like the old days. <laughs> <laughs> to try to tell the kids, my kids, this, this next generation of how different things were, even just with that. Yeah. Uh, Communication-wise, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just stuff that they take for granted and they just kind of laugh off and brush off as being, yeah. <clears throat> no, it's uh, yeah. We would have to we would have to have this conversation through written correspondence. <laughs> it would take months. <laughs> right, right. Oh, which isn't all bad, you know. No. I, yeah. I like the written word. It's mm. Fine, and mm. uh, I don't like devices. You know, I. I have a rule in my house that hasn't been enforced yet. It may be that you cannot bring your device to the dinner table. Mm, that's a good rule. That's a good rule. A very good rule. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I may have to get the whip out. Get the <laughs> <laughs> whip out on that one. But, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with uh, having a rule like that, I don't think. Not at all. I, I love that rule. I, I keep wanting to implement that at my dinner table, but sometimes I take pictures of my food. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so talk about travel. Where are some places, where are some of your favorite places um, that you've been? Well, I, my, one of my favorite places I went to before I was even a travel agent with a group of ladies, or a small, very small group, to Austria. Mm. And I thought that was the most beautiful place in the world. And it probably is and still is. The, the castles, the sound of music, Innsbruck, uh, uh, and the, the mountains, the Alps. It, uh, probably one of my favorite places. Uh, traveled a lot in the U.S., only went overseas two or three times, uh, went to Wales, and went to um, Puglia in Italy, which is the boot heel of Italy that a lot of people mm -hmm. don't know. They're absolutely gorgeous place. 
and I went to Hawaii and Alaska and other places were basically in the United States. Uh, took a cruise on the Mississippi River and a cruise on the Columbia River. Don't I'm not a big fan of cruising, cruising like mm -hmm. the Caribbean. That's mm -hmm. not my thing. I have a kayak and that's the way I prefer to travel on water. So I've done more actually traveling with the kayak than I did as a travel agent. What do you like about kayaking? Well, you get in your kayak and you push it off and you just go. Yeah, you can just decompress. Immediately. You just leave everything behind. Immediately. Right? Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. It's unless you run into it and take the skin off your leg. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I've kayaked. Well, I started when I was maybe 70, 70. Well, oh, wow. seriously. Yeah, the kids gave me one for Mother's Day, and it was a surprise. And they put it in the swimming pool under my balcony. I was on the second floor, and they said, Grandma, Grandma, there's something in your pool. And I ran out there expecting to see it floating body and there's this beautiful <laughs> yellow kayak <laughs> well thank goodness it was just a kayak <laughs> so uh, we took i took off and haven't stopped since i've been in the, the bay of fundy i've been in the san juan islands i've been in the desert in arizona i've been in the everglades i've been Went down Mississippi, all through Florida. Florida is a wonderful place to kayak. Mm -hmm. Been in the Low Country in South Carolina. Uh, been in Chautauqua Lake in New York. Uh, Wisconsin? Did we do any of Wisconsin? I don't remember. Uh, Lake of the Woods in Ontario. <coughs> so any place? Oh, Costa Rica twice. That's one of my favorite places. Puerto Rico once. The kayak, these are kayaking places. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You traveled around and picked up garbage for a while. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you that still was, do? Oh, yeah. 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 Jeffy's the garbage man. But yes, yeah. um, that was the main purpose. One of the main reasons that I really got into kayaking here in Florida, a friend down in Gulfport nearby organized uh, free trips, guided trips, if you would pick up garbage. And he would give you, a, he rented kayaks, and I probably used his at the time, I'm not sure. But we would do that and pick up tons of garbage and cleaned up this bayou unbelievably. Mm -hmm. Just and now it's it's become a thing, and he keeps it going. And I met a uh, gal there who was a photojournalist for the local paper, and she and I started talking, and she said, I want to do an article about you, about picking up garbage. And so she did, lo and behold, put it in the paper in a week or two about how this whole group went out and put my picture in it and blah, blah, blah. So we remained friends or started to become friends and so she went with me and six other gals on a kayak, three day, four days, four rivers, kayak trip. And she published a story about it. And we were on the front page of the sports page in the paper. 
Mm. And that's when I was, I was only 83 then. You were a young lady then. Yeah, I was, yeah. A, I was a whippersnapper. Yeah, then. yeah. But my friend was, she's five years older than me. So she was, she was with me. She's still going strong. She's 95. Yeah. So it might be the water. <laughs> Not to drink it, just paddle it. Yeah. There is something magical about water, I think. I love being in water. I love being by the ocean and watching just yeah. the waves. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Have you ever kayaked on a river? I've kayaked. Um, I have to get brave sometimes because little waves kind of freak me out a little bit. But I haven't, I'm not practiced. I'm not well practiced at it. What would alligators do to you? <laughs> I would probably die. <laughs> we search for them. <laughs> you search for alligators. Yeah, yeah. We spot That's amazing. one. We, we don't make any noise. We're going down the river. We spot one and go. <laughs> maybe if I was maybe if I was going with you, I would feel safe. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. There's strength in numbers for sure. <laughs> I think, yeah, you tip once and then you get over the fact of tipping because it's not really that bad. At least that's been my experience. It's like what's yeah. the worst thing that can happen? Okay, maybe you get caught up and you tip and then you re if you can do that a couple of times and I've never tipped. You've never tipped. No. Yeah. Now Jeff tipped. He was trying to take a picture of a snake and mm. went way over like this. Well, he tipped over. Yeah. You know, you have to know what you're doing, but it's it's much easier than a canoe. So anyway, I'm on my second kayak and uh, keep it right handy and go out as often as we can. See the beautiful rivers. And once you get on a river and just... Most of them are spring-fed, so you don't have to work unless you're going upstream and just get on there and just float down the river. Mm. So that's one of the best things I've ever done. That's the story of my life. Can you talk about, can you talk about being a grandma? Your grandchildren adore you and love you, and you have special connections with all of them. And why do they call me that funny name? They call you Goofy Granny because you don't take life too seriously, because you're fun, because you, you're relatable. Can you talk a little bit about, was that just natural to you that you're going to love on your grandchildren or that you? Well, sure, you know, every grandma loves on their grandchildren, but. I always had an affinity for small kids when I was in high school. Uh, I taught a nursery class at the church. You know, I just love little kids. But, you know, grandkids are get to be big kids, but yeah. you still love them. And they were all wonderful, wonderful kids. They all turned out to be so much fun, talented, even you. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, being a grandparent is, is extra special, extra special. So now I have 13 great-grandchildren, so that's special, too. Mm. It's fun to put them in a kayak the first time and they get so excited about that. Or take like last night when we put Quincy in the Gulf and he just, like, he belonged there. Yeah. He wanted to swim all the way out to Isola, and I told him if he kept going, he would have ended up in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fun to watch them grow and experience things. And 
do yeah. things that you like to do too, you know, that I like yeah. to do. Yeah, and make memories with them together. They yeah. Forever. I remember trips to Florida, right? That was a thing that we did. Mm -hmm. uh, you can continue to do that. Yeah, we took you to Disney World, didn't we? I don't know if we did Disney, did we? I know we did a Florida trip. No, we didn't do the Disney trip. You didn't do Disney? Um, I was with, yeah, yeah, you did. I was with cousin Danny. Uh, we were both yeah, well, 12 I brought or 13. You down. Yeah, I brought you down there. I thought maybe, we Yeah, maybe we did. You have a better memory than I do, Granny. I know that. But yeah, we went to Disney. Disney is Disney is a do not do on my in my world. Don't, do take, not, don't, do don't take your kids to Disney. Mm. Yeah, so when we do Florida trips, we don't do the touristy stuff. We have the benefit of uh, having a couple of places that we can stay and staying away yeah. from the touristy stuff and still, you know, doing swimming and ocean and nature and those types of things, yeah, which is yeah. a different vacation, I think, for some people when they think of what Florida is. Right. Um, so yeah, when I was privileged a, from that standpoint. When I was a travel agent, people would all obviously want to go to Disney and then they would being in the middle of the state, then they would want to go to the either the ocean or the Gulf. And I said, well, when you get home, you ask your kids what they like the most. And they're going to tell you when they were in the water, either in the ocean, the Gulf, or by the pool, mm -hmm. instead of standing in line mm -hmm. to get on a ride. Mm -hmm. So, but that... thing, people have to do it and people love it. I yeah. have Family members, not my family, but uh, my brother's family. They've been there, uh, the oldest, he's in his 30s. He's been there 50 times to Disney. Yeah, there's people, yeah, people, people really get into it. I, I remember when we lived in Arizona, my family and I, uh, when I was a kid, and we went to um, San Diego, went to SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. But then on our way back home, we actually stopped in this random spot by the ocean, Sandy Beach. It was a little chilly um, for, I guess, southern-ish California. Um, and that, I think, was the most memorable. It was sure. just like this really great experience. And my dad brought a video camera everywhere we went, so... He has this video footage of me just kind of staring off into the water. <laughs> yep. Eden took one two nights ago with Paxson doing the same thing. Mm. She, she's mesmerized, isn't she? she yeah. She just loves it. Uh, as am I, mm -hmm. I think. There's yeah. the calmness. You, you described it a little bit, Jess, that when you see the ocean and you haven't seen it in a while or you haven't seen it in forever or it's been a long winter, uh, so it's seasonal mentally for me, right, mm -hmm. to get past yeah. that we've just had four months of snow and cold. And there's this place where there's water and sand and sun, and it's just the calmness that comes with that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's magical. It's, that's yeah. how I feel about the rivers. You know, you're kind of penned in. The river might not be as wide as this room, sometimes half this room, and you're floating down it, you can touch the bank or see birds or animals and and just you're alone out there. That's mm. that's the best for mm -hmm. me. So 
Where were you in uh, Arizona? Uh, we lived in Yuma, so the kind of southernmost part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This friend was talking about the photojournalist. She moved to Phoenix. So mm -hmm. I went out there. I did kayak out there. And there's a man made lake near Phoenix that's full of kayakers. Mm. What's a normal day for you, Granny? You do you do water aerobics, you stay active, you get a walk in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Read. Try to do something or other. Uh, kind of boring sometimes. If I get really bored, I cook. I like to make soup. Mm -hmm. So if I'm really bored, I'll make a pot of soup. That's the solution. Yeah, a, a PBR or a Bloody Mary at some point in the evening, depending on the day. Sometimes, not yeah. always. It's not a habitual thing. Yeah. You know, if baseball, you have to have your PBR. My uh, brother's a big baseball fan, and I am too. We were brought up in a small town that adored the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, the cod rubbed off on us, and more so on him. And so we like to go to the baseball games and tailgate a little early. Right? Mm -hmm. That rubbed off on me too. The love mm -hmm. we get, the baseball love, <laughs> um, that disease that we have. It, it sort of is. Yeah. And I say I keep saying, oh, you get it from your family, you know. And um, what is it about? What is it about the game, or is it just the experience of being with people? What is it that you love so much about baseball? It's hard to say. I think it's just, like you say, it's born in you, and you like it from the beginning, and you played it. I played softball. You played baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting game. It's not as violent as football hockey although i like hockey but you're not trying to ram somebody else into the ground or the wall mm. and there's strategy and it's uh a grand old game right yeah and i think there's story within each game and within each season so there's a lot there right in a, in a 162 game season uh, ups and downs there, and you can have a chat with somebody and keep in touch with how the ball team's doing. Um, there's community around that. Right. For me, there's energy walking into the stadium uh, that I feel uh, people are happy to be there, and that mm -hmm. makes me happy. It's a comfortable place. It's a game that I understand. And I think there's some unknowns in it too, right? So you probably will see something different even if you go to – Every game, you'll see something different if you're paying attention. So, yes, there'll be a winner or a loser, but what happens during that game um, is unscripted and authentic mm -hmm. and real, and I get energy from that. Uh, yeah, what else? There's beer and peanuts, which help, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And kids love it. Yeah, it's you know, a kid's game. When we walked into the stadium the other night, there were several, probably not even little league, T-ball, small, mm. small groups of small kids, and they were having a ball. They were just in it. That's, I think that's great. 
Yeah, it's it's not too serious too. I think it's an escape from reality for some. It's a it's a, the two or three or four hours of time where um, it doesn't really matter who wins, but you're in it. You're entertained by it, yeah. and you're having you're having a good time with those that you're with as well. So there's a relationship aspect. And kids, kids can start playing it when they're three or four years old, you know, and they they develop. Yeah. Likeness for it. It's something that you can play a long time. Here in St. Petersburg, we have a group called the Kids and Cubs, and you have to be a guy. Well, no, there's gals to 75 years or older to be in the league, mm. and it's going strong. So you can play it all your life. You know, if they don't run very fast, and they don't hit any, they don't hit any home runs. But they probably drink a little PBR. Yeah. And have a good time. Yeah. There's a, a data side to it. There's a nerdy side to it, a statistics side to the game yeah. too that I appreciate a little bit as well. Very um, statistic. Yeah. Very, very statistic. From my analytical mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't have. That's okay. So it is um, kind of going back to this idea of of watching. Because there's our own individual curiosity, being curious, being curious about things, but then there's also that watching kids. Because I have two two young nieces, um, seven and almost seven and almost eight, and um, and a nephew who's oh my goodness, he's in his teens. <laughs> <laughs> 14, I think 15, maybe he's going to be this year. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and so it's, there is something, I think, to watching kids discover things that you know for the first time and kind of almost being reintroduced to the things that either you enjoy or that mm -hmm. they enjoy. And I don't know where I'm going with that, but. I hear what you're saying, Jess. Yeah. It's incredible for me to go to a game with my grandma, who's 89, and and my great uncle. Only. Yeah. Um, only 89, and and tailgate and have a beer and talk about and just go and experience yeah. that, right? And then uh, Quincy was there too to the game that we went mm -hmm. to. So for him to get a, that experience of that and talk about. Yeah. Just that itself, right? That's that's what makes it meaningful. That's what makes it cool to me um, when we're together that we get to experience a ball game. Um, right. Yeah. Right. What about um, what about kids growing up? Right. That's a hard transition. Just mentioned it, but kids kids grow up. They go from being small and adorable to hard to deal with and teenagers and then, yeah. uh, young adults and yeah. they're still hard to deal with. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot there. How, how do you deal with that? Oh, you kind of let them be in charge of their own mistakes. Yeah. yeah. If they do something, you're not going to rescue them all the time. Yeah. So that was kind of my thought for a lot of things. Not that I really had to rescue them, but they were responsible for their actions. And I think yeah. that's something that a lot of parents forget. 
or don't practice. You know, they're always there to say, oh, well, you know, let's, I got to talk to the teacher because the teacher was mean to you or something like that. Or, or uh, they're putting a book in your curriculum that I don't think you should read because you might learn something. And uh, uh, that gets me a little bit aggravated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's building in their sense of responsibility that I'm here to support you and I love you, but you're still responsible for your actions yeah, and I'm yeah. going to hold you responsible for them. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to bail you out every time you do something nasty. Yeah. You know, if you get in trouble at school, teacher will take care of you. Come home. Your dad might smack you too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's old school now, I think. But, <laughs> we just have stern talkings too in our household, but and, yeah, and that works. that's generational for right. sure. It is right. generational. No, yeah. Yeah. we didn't do meetings or anything. Right? Yeah. Well, maybe we did a little bit, but not too bad. Nobody had to go to hospital or anything like that. But uh, yeah, that's that's one thing, you know. And just realize that everyone's an individual. Uh, all four of mine are totally different. Totally different. Yeah. So I love that. So so treat them as an individual and don't compare them or say right like like they have they each have unique strengths and things yeah. they need yeah, to work you on. You can't do that. Yeah. You know. Um, don't expect them just because you are like sports or you do that. You might have a child who is artistically or musically involved and will be extremely talented that way. And don't force them to do what you like. Yeah. That's a big thing, too. Not that you force them, but, you know, expose them to it. And, you know, expose them to a little bit of everything. You know, and take them to the library. You reminded me that my childhood hero was Curious George. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, might have been mine too. If yeah, there's maybe that's what then. we have in, have in common is that that piece of it, right? Wanting to observe and understand things, and maybe take chances and understand what that's like, um, but then learn from that. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the way kids should be brought up. My curious George. Yeah. So. Uh, what about philosophy of life stuff, Granny? Well, don't get me started on this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> it, it's a serious topic, but you you have a lot of wisdom to share in this space. We talked about you know taking not taking life too seriously, yeah, and finding yeah. the fun. And I think uh, I, I know I struggle with that sometimes. It's, you need to get yeah. yeah, it's something that um, we've been navigating as we've been doing this, collaborating on this podcast project is. I can be kind of goofy <laughs> and Eden can be maybe a little bit serious. And so we're navigating that dynamic. And so it's really interesting to see, you know, now you marry his grandma, um, having this sort of less, not, not that you're, you're not taking, cause I definitely see you taking life seriously through as you're telling these different stories, but but there is maybe a little bit of levity and lightness and um, maybe a sense of joy 
So maybe you can talk about where that comes from or, or why that's important to you. I think it's very important, extremely important uh, to have a positive outlook and things are not always positive. Mm. But then compare yourself to other people and what they are going through. And uh, sometimes you even feel guilty when you think about people like in the in countries where they didn't have any Ukraine possibly where mm -hmm. spending the winter being cold and no water and no heat and no light and maybe no food and you've got a baby to take care of. And then you look at yourself and say, how did I get all this? You know, so life isn't fair, but no. be grateful, be very grateful. Do you think gratitude then is kind of part of that? Absolutely. Um, that maybe first step to bringing a little bit more lightness and joy? Absolutely. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm very grateful for what I have, what I have had, and what I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. And then find moments to enjoy it and appreciate it. Right. Is that is that how it fits into the the having fun? Yeah, yeah. You'll find the moments. You know, I'm planning a road trip this summer for my 90th birthday, and go and see. Um, some of my kids wanted to have a party, and I don't want to party. We'll party at everybody else's house. Yeah. So I'll just mm -hmm. go and visit everybody, and uh, so. Um, and as far as down the line, I told these kids, I said, I'm going to be a timeshare granny. I'm not going to the nursing home. You're all going to get me for six and a half weeks of the year. You'll be tired of me by then. <laughs> back next year. So I'm your timeshare granny. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, schedule accordingly with the weather, though. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, come in the <laughs> summer. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. I have grandchildren in, the, in Florida, so that's that will work out fine. There's yeah. what, three down here, a bunch in Wisconsin, one in uh, North Chicago. Is that all of them? Yes, it is. Uh, I have one in Indiana now. Indiana, one in yeah. Indiana. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the weather will depend on when you get me. Right. Okay, but be ready. You talk about one day at a time oh, yeah. at any age, but you've been living that for a while probably, or one game at a time. Uh, yeah. It's like staying in the present. Can you talk a little bit about how you do that and why that's important? I think it comes natural. You know, there are people who worry and worry about tomorrow and what's going to happen down the line. And, you know, it's always in the back of your mind, but you're not going to sit there and think about it. Yeah. You know, make a plan and if it works fine and half the time it doesn't go with it. It's, you know, take it easy, chill out. What goes around comes around sometimes, but that's, uh, so what you send out, you hope comes back. Mm. So that's my philosophy. Yeah. What you send, what you send out, you hope comes back. I like that. And that kind of ties back into 
you experienced that you had at your your father's funeral with the mm-hmm. lady who yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll never forget that lady yeah. never forget that story and, it, and there were many many stories about him like that and my mom too my mom would go to the nursing home uh in town she would walk a mile to get out just to be walking walk out there and go and visit all the old people and then my youngest son would go on the train down to Cahoka, a small town, and visit them. And he started doing the same thing. He had a little bicycle, and he would go out to the nursing home and talk to the people out there. Mm. So, so he learned from them, too. And they all learned to go fishing. And that's rubbed off yesterday. Two little kids who had done a little fishing were out with their great uncle and he was mm-hmm. baiting their hooks with shrimp and they were pulling in all kinds of fish and having a great time. Yeah. So that's, uh, we were brought up on the end of a pole and still, still do that. You talk about your. You talk about doing things by yourself and for yourself, mm-hmm. and still, still being an individual, and, and um, you're living that today. And you, you, you've lived that for a while, I think. Uh, that is that is that the way that you were, that you grew up, that you experienced as a child. Just, just do it. If you want something, go get it. Uh, don't, don't wait for others to help. That piece of it, I can do it myself, and I'm going to do it myself. I suppose in a, in a certain way. I don't know. Uh, I'm a little bit independent, a little bit stubborn. But uh, as far as living by myself, that doesn't bother me. And I've heard several people my age or even younger saying that during the pandemic, being by themselves, they learned that it isn't so bad to live by yourself, that you can get along that you don't have to have people around you. Mm. And I don't have to have people around me. Mm. I can go out there and sit in the morning on my patio and look at the water and have my coffee and I don't have to have somebody to chat with. Yeah. You're happy. You, you, you're happy when you have time. I'm happy it, in my own skin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting a little yeah. saggy, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still in there. And and you have support close, and your brother yeah. lives yeah, close. Yeah, my brother's and, yeah. close. Yeah, and my mom lives close. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're both close, and I have a son not close by, and a son over in Lakeland. Uh, they kind of depart and leave me on my own in the summer, and uh, that's okay. Yeah, I go and visit them, or uh, time goes by very fast. It's amazing mm. um, when you're young very young you think oh the days are so long i'll never get to my next birthday it's i can't wait blah 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 and now it's like a week has gone by and you don't even know where it went and a month has gone by and it's gone yeah and wow. a year has gone by and it's gone yeah mm-hmm. so make the most of make the most of it yeah and, yeah, if, you I think that, and if you don't it's all right i think that's huge to to be able to spend time with yourself to be happy enough with who you are to not feel because I I think there are a lot of um, 
you know, I know my grandma who's now passed, she always wanted to have people around. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like to have that um, mental strength and stability um, to be okay alone and to enjoy your time alone, I think is, is important for everyone at all ages <laughs> to have that, that type of, of um, healthy independence. Yeah. All right, well, we'll let you go here. Uh, a couple, one more question. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? It's mm, a good question. It's been so long, I couldn't remember. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never been asked that question. Never thought about it. So yeah. I, if really, you... <laughs> I really can't answer that. I'll take the fifth. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what maybe advice then would you give to your grandchildren or great grandchildren? What advice would you give to Eden right now? <laughs> he knows what I'm needing. <laughs> um, I think you can over advice sometimes. Yeah. Mm. You know, don't be don't be giving out mm. a lot of orders and advice and you know what's good for you may not be good for somebody else and I think you need to really I think you need to think about that first of all before you open your mouth you live that and you model that granny and I think people get that when they're around you um, that you love you love unconditionally and you'll be there in support and find yourself and be an individual. And I'm not going to tell you the right way to do things, or I'm not going to tell you what I think the right way to do things right. are. Right. You talked a little bit about that as a, as a philosophy of yeah. being a parent. Right. And I think that's kind of the way the country's going. There are people out there who are telling other people what they should be and what they should do oh. and how they should think. And, and you were, it's not right. You know, everybody's different and everybody's a human being and everybody deserves to be their own human being. And don't tell me, don't tell me who I am or what I am or what I can think or what I can read. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love you, Granny. Thank you for being on. Uh, This was fun. I hope not too nervous. How, How did you feel about it? How are you feeling now? I'm getting really sleepy. Sleepy and ready for a beer, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mary. It was so good to meet you. I really appreciate Thank you, you and the time. Watched, yeah, I've watched some of your podcasts. Sometimes I don't have time to sit that still that long, but I have watched them. So keep it up. Keep it up. Awesome. Thank you. And if you ever get cold, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going right now. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give you a fishing pole and a a paddle for your kayak. (laughs) 